Welcome to the Got Your Six podcast. This podcast brings together current service members and veteran high performers to share their methods, strategies, and ideas delivered in an informative and most importantly, actionable way that'll help you lead yourself and those around you from the battlefield to the boardroom. Coming to you every episode, I'm your host, Tony Nash, and into the breach. Nothing mentioned on this podcast is an endorsement or opinion of the Department of Defense. I got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. I got your six. Sixers, what an incredible treat we have today. Nick Witters is with us, talent management over at Night Ventures the clients that he works with and who he talks to on a daily basis have YouTube views in the billions. Nick, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Of course, man. Tony, it's a pleasure, man. Appreciate it. I know you were security forces in the Air Force, but you ended up with an Army Accommodation Medal at the end of your last deployment. How did that all happen? Yeah, man. So uh, back in 2009, there was a tasking from the Army to go deploy as an Air Force member in a police transition team. So it was like Air Force, Army, Navy, Marines, local PD, staters, et cetera. And, you know, when Air Force guys start dying, people get weird, right? The public gets gets a little weird about it. So you had to volunteer for this. And so back in 2009, volunteered to be a 50 cal gunner in Baghdad, Iraq, conducted 250 combat missions. I was like 20 years old. Based on like, you know, those those combat missions and some of the stuff we did down in Baghdad and the police stations we had to kind of work with, like Abu Ghraib, uh, a few of us got a couple medals. You were at Abu Ghraib? Yeah, that was one of our, that was our main police station. Wow. And so we'd go there, train Iraqi police, stay overnight sometimes, do community policing in downtown Baghdad, you know, stuff like that. So you go from downtown Baghdad in 2009 to being a lawyer now working with talent management. What do you take from that time in the military that you implement now, say, on the daily basis? Yeah, man, I think, like, there's something to say about joining the military right after high school, right? And going in super green and just learning discipline, learning how to be organized, learning how to be a part of a team and also lead a team. Uh, Different type of communication structure between military and civilian obviously right i mean i get i get told all the time man you gotta be nice man you gotta be nice I'm like, man fuck nice Let's get the job done man and so uh now nah, i try to be pretty pc um yeah it's like you know you join the military you just learn a different you know way of life i'd say the blessing was doing four years and getting out because you can get institutionalized when you stay in a very long time but like there's it's just a two there's two different lives, right? Like going to the military, being a lifer, great life. Ton of my boys that I was deployed with, that I was stationed with, still in. You know, I got out in 2011 and I joined in 2007, but a lot of my boys are still in. You know, they're hitting like year 13, 14. What was your inspiration to join the Air Force right out of high school? Where did that come from? I mean, that's like the traditional like socioeconomic issue, right? It's like no way to pay for school. No way to go to college outside of taking out loans, which I probably, I didn't even qualify. You know, I came, I grew up super broke, a real poor family, grew up in a single wide trailer, hour Southeast of Seattle. And, uh, you know, I had a buddy who really wanted to join to be a Navy SEAL. He's like, dude, will you come with me? In 2007, recruiters were just signing people up left and right. So I was like, listen, I ain't signing, but I'll go with you. And so we ended up, uh, we ended up going 
he wanted to do the Navy SEAL stuff. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to walk around the branches, see like what they'll do for school, you know, because I really wanted to go to school. And I uh, went to the Air Force, Army, Navy, Marines, and ended up getting like pretty interested in the Air Force, given like their kind of pro focus of like education and stuff like that, opposed to like Army, Marines, like, no, go and do combat shit. And I was like, yeah, I want to go to school and do some cool shit. And so we, uh, we ended up parting ways. My boy ended up getting in trouble, got ineligible to join. Six months later, I ended up going. He never did. He's like a dad right now, living in the same town I grew up in. I love the dude. Great dude. One of my really good friends, but very two different lives at the time. And props to you for being, you know, in high school and recognizing like, yeah, I want to go kick indoors and do cool shit. But at the same time, like I need to go challenge myself in some sort of academia environment arena to kind of get what I really want out of this whole experience. I don't know if you recognize it at the time, but man, that's that takes a lot of like self-reflection and like understanding of where you want to go and what your goals are in life. Yeah, it's interesting, man. I always say it's like a young kid's ego, right? Like the boys that want to go in and kick indoors also need to understand like, you know, are you doing it for an ego play or because you're like, this is just what I want to do. You know, and I kind of, you know, having grown up, played sports all through, you know, my younger years and everything, very competitive, but I also knew that like, I wasn't going to be a professional athlete and blue collar work only pays so much. So, you know, so you got to think proactive. You got to be, you know, you got to look a few steps ahead, chess, not checkers. Absolutely. Do you take some of those experiences now, especially when you're dealing with content creators? You Sometimes people like to say there's generational gaps, but understanding like, hey, what's the long play? And, you know, really trying to push and hone in on people is like, where do you want to be in 50, 60 years as opposed to like in five months? I mean, everything's based around respect and you can't look like a suit to these younger kids, right? So if you're clean cut and you're wearing a suit in time and you're, you're probably already lost, right? And so, uh, you know, I'm 33. Yeah, my resume speaks for itself uh, when it comes to like legitimacy of things that I advise my clients on. Um, but I have clients who are like in their young 20s, you know, it's just about being personable and and being able to kind of articulate things in their language, but you got to kind of like get down and, and swim with them and have them kind of see you as one of their own for them to kind of hear you. Cause then they just think you're a boomer, right? Yeah, exactly. Is there a specific instance you can kind of go back to where you had to like, almost say, let's check yourself to show that level of respect and shared understanding? I mean, all the time, man, all the time. I mean, I had gotten brought onto a, a client's team and, and it was tough, you know, it's tough, like being the new guy coming in. It's like when you're like in the military, right? Except the military is like very family oriented, right? Like when you wear the uniform, you're all on the same team, but you can equate it to like being a new guy on a sports team, right? You got to like earn your stripes. And I think that that's, that's true for anything you do, right? Any sort of line of work, even like if you decide to go to school, right? If you're like late in life, going to school as like a freshman or a senior and you're in your twenties and you're not like a 19, 20 year old kid, like you have the same hurdles when you're going into class from when you're going into a profession as, you know, a white collar guy or, or anything else, but especially working with clients, right? Cause they're like tight knit, you know? So how do you break in? Cause usually when they come to you, they have a crew set, like they have trust they've gotten this far with their team. Uh, and sometimes that means taking people off that crew, which isn't something we do in the military. So that's kind of, it can be foreign because they want to grow and do something and expand in a certain direction and you can help them get there. Right. So you're, you're kind of dealing with all these different stakeholders all at once. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, 
the best thing is to associate yourself with like the best brand, the best kind of best in class business. And like, especially at night, you know, it's a 360 talent management company, venture studio and a labs business where we like incubate businesses with our creators and or build businesses and input creators and build insane brands. And so just kind of being a part of and, and aligning yourself with the best gives you legit, like an added layer of legitimacy. Yeah, it's like you are who you associate yourself with. You know, you hear that growing up as a kid. You're hanging out with a dirtbag kid smoking, or you're a dirtbag kid that smokes. Now, being in that innovative culture that you are in, how are you challenging yourself now? Because there's a lot of different moving parts going on, like you mentioned. How are you specifically challenging yourself? I mean, the one thing, man, is just like make yourself useful, right? Just dive in with both feet and don't be afraid to fail, right? I think depending on the business, hesitation will kill you. And in some businesses, if you don't have a certain level of kind of hesitation, that might kill you. But I think the number one thing is, man, you just like, if something's interesting to you, you just put your head down and charge after it. Is there an experience recently that where you did that, where you, you had to kind of say, all right, I'm, I might not know 100% how to solve this problem, but I'm going to put myself into the breach and step into it. Yeah, I mean, uh, my client I have right now, he's a former Navy SEAL. He's like the biggest true crime guy on YouTube. Best storyteller on the planet. We started a podcast like five weeks ago. Neither of us knew how to start a podcast. I was like, you create the, uh, the episode, I'll figure out how to like get us live. And, you know, and that's everything from like, pre-promotion, getting a trailer, getting artwork done, like for your intellectual property, like what's your, your podcast artwork going to look like? Like, how are you branding yourself? Like all this stuff on the fly. And then like, how do we upload? Like, where do we upload? Like, you know, and, and that is effectively going back to my last point. It's like, just got to jump in with both feet. I was like, neither of us knew what the hell we were doing. And now we have the biggest podcast in the U S uh, and on Spotify for five weeks straight. And I was going to say it was on Spotify, number one, as soon as I uploaded today, I know you posted a picture too of that. And again, you're not a big pat on the back guy. I know you're not, but kudos to you for that and continue to just take what he's doing and expand it because storytelling is universal. I mean, all credit to my client, man. I mean, that dude's an animal. Like he's the one creating it. It's content is everything. It don't matter what kind of idea you got. If it sucks, it's not going to perform well, you know? And so I simply act as like an advisor and a supporter. And, you know, when you're in talent management, if your client wants to do something, you got to figure out how to do it. And you got to do it to the best of your ability. And you can't make excuses. You can't drop balls. You can't fumble shit. You got to just figure it out. And a lot of it's like being innovative, doing the hard work, staying up late, doing the research, asking people, being vulnerable and asking your teammates like, Hey, like, who do you talk to? Have you done this before? Da, da, da. Like really leaning on each other. Do you think being vulnerable has really helped you expand in your role? Not only just at night, but you know, all the different companies and organizations that you work with where you're able to say, Hey, I don't know how to get any farther. Let me go find some people that do know to kind of make sure we, we get to the end state here. Yeah. I think the one thing is just having like conviction in your story, but when it comes to shit, you don't know, you just say on it and you figure it out. If you don't know, then don't say, you know, you just be like, I'm going to figure it out or Hey, give me a day. That's it. And clear communication. As you deal, you know, with different content creators, what is kind of the thing you see that separate 
the top 1% or top 001% versus kind of everybody else is that commitment to the craft where they just don't quit even when like they feel like, hey, we've reached as far as we can go? Or is there something else that you kind of advise people on? The Rock says shit every day on Instagram. You got to be the hardest worker in the room, right? Like, I don't care if you get a bout of luck, that luck's going to die down. Like, you're not going to be lucky forever, you know? And I think the people who persevere through, like, the tough times always end up on top if they don't quit. And you got to have a good team around you. And whether you're the talent themselves, whether you're the representative of talent, like, you got to have a good team around you. It's definitely not a one-man show. Yeah. I mean, it always comes back to that that sense of community and tribe, which is something that's instilled in a lot of people that are in the military or have military experience where they, they know they can depend on the person to the left and right of them, regardless of the situation. As you go to build a team, how do you go into a situation? I hate hiring, but I love firing. I'm just going to be straight up. Unless you got to fire your friends. That shit sucks. It's tough, man. I always just try to find the hungriest people I can find. Like, you don't got to be the smartest. You don't got to be the sharpest. You don't got to be the most street smart, but you got to be the hungriest, period. Like, I'd rather tell you to slow down or, hey, back off or, hey, this, than be like, hey, what's up with this? Hey, why is this not done? Why do I got to ask you twice? Like, the moment you get into that territory, you're shot. How do you kind of pull that out of people when you're talking to them before you bring them out of the team? Like, what questions are you asking? I mean, I lean on a lot of my team to kind of help me find people. Right. Because I think a lot of people just are bad at their job. I think a lot of people don't have it. Um, I would give a lot of people a lot less chances, but you can't build a team like that. You can't build a business like that. But if you hold yourself up to a certain standard, then you know what the standard is. And if they don't meet it, then you get cut. You know, I've always had respect for people in the military that were my superiors if they did the work that they asked me to do themselves. It's like, oh, you want me to sweep? And I know you would sweep too. I'll sweep every day. But like, you're not going to respect someone who's not going to do the work that they're asking you to do or haven't done it to perfection for months or years before you've done it. You know, you get, you get a lot of people with, uh, you know, they just, they, they just want things handed to them, you know, and then no one wants to work for things anymore sometimes. So it's, it's what it is. How do you get people to get on track or at least give them a chance to understand the greater purpose? of the mission that you're, you're on as a team? If you can get away from, uh, from the entitlement, then I think it just is like showing them by acting, right? Like if they see you every morning up at 6 a.m., smashing the gym, throwing emails down, conducting business, you're staying up late, you're handling your work, and you're progressing, I think that should motivate people. But here's the thing that, that I really like outside of being a tough ass. It's very much this. You should always strive to be helpful. You should always ask your teammates, hey, how can I help? How can I be help? How can I be of service? Hey, how can I help you? Right? Because there's going to be a time, and I know there will be, when you need to ask someone to help you out with something. And at that time, you're going to see the who you're going to see the people who like are going to be good teammates or people who are like, no, I know you've helped me 10 times, but I'm too busy, man. Sorry. Well, guess what? Not going to be there for you anymore. Through conducting proper business, you get to see people's character. You talked about character there as you kind of closed out your answer. Character is constantly tested through adversity. Where is your greatest failure in your life that has ultimately led to a success or the greatest success that you've had? Yeah, I mean, got fired from one of my jobs. I mean, I had this job, this place that like I would kill to have gotten in and I got in. 
uh, and just was in a bad mindset, had lost a bunch of people in my life at that time and was going through some pretty tough times and ended up getting fired. And after that, it's like, there's a, there's a famous quote I like. It's like, it's not how high you climb. It's how high you bounce from when you hit bottom. Right. And so I always look at that as like inspiration for, uh, for the tough times, you know, cause anyone could just have like an astronomical rise, but the moment they hit adversity, like, can you, can you stand back up? And so anyways, after getting fired, I ended up retaking the bar because I had failed it the first time, retook the bar exam, passed it, scored very high. And then after that, I was getting ready to go do my MBA. And then I got a job off to work at night and became a talent manager. And all good things happen as long as you can push through the, the adversity. What allowed you to kind of say, hey, you can, you can take this risk and push through this adversity. We're going to get through this and be better on the other side. What to really understand that? I mean, some people just have that like blunt force attitude of like, I'm just going to go. And if I fail, I'm just going to go some more. Right. Like, I mean, it gets exhausting. Trust me. Like when you, you know, when you've taken hit after hit after hit, it gets exhausting. Right. But you just appreciate things a little bit better than most when you've had a certain level of adversity than others. Nick, before we kind of close out, I have one last question for you. How are you better today than yesterday? Oh man, you just got to, every day you got to be better. I mean, every day I take 10 steps back, right? But if you're taking 20 steps forward, you're still moving forward. And I think the moment you're complacent and you think that like you've learned all of life's lessons, that's when it hits you the hardest. So you got to stay humble to like what's going to hit you in the face every day. Nick, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Before we go, where can people go to reach out to you? I mean, you can hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm very vocal on LinkedIn. I mean, you can link my uh, my email if you want. Happy to reach out. If any veterans, you know, have veterans or active duty want to chat, happy to. The one thing with that is like, there is no roadmap if you stay in or if you get out. So you definitely have to carve your own your own road. But I'm happy to like help anyone if they reach out. Nick, thank you for sharing your time with us, your strategies, your methods. And of course, thanks for having our six. Of course, man. You have a great one, my friend. Sixers, thank you for listening to another episode of the Got Your Six podcast. If you got something out of this, be a battle buddy. Share with a friend, pass it along. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave us a review and give us as many stars as you think we warrant because we love what we do here at the Got Your Six podcast. We're always adapting and evolving this podcast because of you, the Sixers. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. You'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday. I don't know what you've been told, Sixers, but the lawyers would like us to remind you that the views, opinions, and comments expressed on the Got Your Six podcast are solely those of the hosts or guests to include current and previous Department of Defense employees and should in no way be considered the opinions of or endorsements on behalf of the Department of Defense or any of its components, divisions, contractors, or other current and previous staff members.